Hi, everybody. How are you doing? I'm Ben LaGrange. Uh, I'm here for the Way Podcast, and with me today is Charles Clink. Hey, how you doing? Dr. Reverend Charles Clink, or oh. Reverend Doctor. How was that? <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Clink is not only my friend, but a mentor. Uh, he's uh, been with me a lot in my life. In fact, uh, you pastor two churches. I have Keswick and Webster. Keswick and Webster, okay. And and those are in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And they're both United Methodist? Yep. Yep, as much as they can be, right? Yep. All right, good. Uh, so how long have you been uh, a pastor? Oh, it's going on 40 years. Going on 40 years. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> Not as a pastor, just as a person. There you go. <laughs> so... Uh, He's been doing this quite some time, and what we're doing today is we're going to go through chapter 2 of Mark. We're going to uh, take some time uh, just to read through the chapter and just have a minor discussion about some of the sections here. So follow along with us in your Bible. Uh, I'm using NIV, and he's using the Jerusalem Bible. Uh, Although there might be slight language differences, there won't be much of a difference between. It's the same story across the board. So, uh, Chuck, do you want to start us out with uh, verses 1 through 13, or 1 through 12? Be glad to. When Jesus returned to Capernaum sometime later, the word went round that he was back. And so many people collected, there was no room left even in front of the door. He was preaching the word to them when some people came bringing him a paralytic carried by four men. But as the crowd made it impossible to get the man to him, they stripped the roof over the place where Jesus was and When they'd made an opening, they lowered the stretcher on which the paralytic lay. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, My child, your sins are forgiven. Now some scribes were sitting there, and they thought to themselves, How can this man talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God? Jesus, inwardly aware that this is what they were thinking, said to them, So why do you have these thoughts in your hearts? Which of these is easier? To say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, pick up your stretcher, and walk. But to prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I order you, get up, pick up your stretcher, and go off home. And the man got up, picked up his stretcher at once, and he walked out in front of everyone so that they were all astounded and praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. Yeah, I love this section of scripture. This is uh, one of my absolute favorites. Uh, I personally am a, am a guy who's just all about action. Let's get stuff done, right? Mm-hmm. You know that about me more than probably more than most, right? Uh, it does get me into trouble on occasion, but it's uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. I like how we jump right into the story here. You know, some of the other ones we uh, the previous chapter that we did. Uh, there's kind of a lead up, but this is all action at this point. This is mm-hmm. like, let's jump in and get this whole thing done. Uh, it looks, you're looking at action on the paralytic's friends. You're looking at action on Jesus' part. Mm-hmm. We're do- talking direct philosophy with uh, what the other people around them were concerned with as well. So we also get into the divinity of Christ right there. So there's, that's a lot packed into there. What's the, the first thing that comes to mind when you read this section? For me, what's always been astounding is that uh, uh, what happens so many times in our lives, you and I are both in pastorate, and, and as a result of that, it's so easy to forget 
that really God can do a lot of wonders within the world. And, and we get so locked up into, uh, but there's a way you're supposed to do it. There's a way you're supposed to act. And, and there's certain things you should do, certain things you shouldn't do. And you get to the point where you forget that divinity and you forget that, that awe, you forget that instantaneous God's power at work. Yeah. You can't do it that way. That's not how we do things around here. That's not the way it's supposed to be. As the, you know, the, the priests are saying that, the ministers are saying that. Yeah, we're fighting over the process and forgetting the miracle in the case, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater on that whole section. I, I see that a lot. I see that more now as a pastor than I did uh, just as a parishioner. So I was always one to just get things done and jump on it. We were just having a discussion before the podcast started about whether it's better to just get things done or to have a committee to make a committee to actually get something done, right? Mm-hmm. So we worry less about all the processes to, to make things in se- certain special order, but we understand, we know that it's what God does and what God chooses to do to unite people to himself in relationship and power. And that's what actually matters, not a matter of how things are certainly done. Uh, we can do all the things wrong and still end up in the right place. I think I'm, for people that know me well, <laughs> I'm proof positive <laughs> of that whole thing. <laughs> we know that uh, we are not responsible for our own salvation. It's not God did 99% and I showed up for the last one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like he did 100 and I've got an extra 5%. It's all God and, and how he makes this happen. I, I kind of get this picture of like somebody digging through a roof and I know... Uh, it's not a common thing for us to think of it in that way, but they had like dirt roofs and, and thatch roofs. Imagine tearing up all the shingles, <laughs> putting a hole in the roof. Well, uh, let me just tell you, I've done that before. <laughs> and there went that Sunday school lesson just right out the window as they were going, what in the world? is <laughs> and, and actually the miracle is that I wasn't murdered for it. <laughs> So here we're, we're looking through this. See, the guys are not worried about, hey, how does this get done? We're just bringing him to Jesus and seeing what Jesus chooses to do in these moments. Mm-hmm. And that's the amazing thing. And that's something we pass over so much in the church. Uh, we just forget about, okay, how does it get done? We, we're trying to worry about what's my part in it when all of it comes down to simply Jesus. It's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. And I think that's a simple and easy thing to get into it there. And everybody, the religious people, who often are the frustrations here. Yep. And if that's never frustrated you at all, has it? Huh. No. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. No, 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 no. That's the proper answer. <laughs> but it's, it's the religious nature that causes the issue when it's actually the relational nature that we need to be concerned about. That's what we understand most about Christ. And we also see this played out so well, not only with the friends, but also with Jesus and how he responds uh, to the man who is paralytic. Well, the challenge also becomes that as you know, they started out with that right same mentality that you're talking about, but then the authority issue starts to come into that and, and the leadership and, and what are people going to say and what have we been hearing and how are they going to think? And pretty soon we, be, we get... We get so earthly, you know, so involved in the earthly things that we forget to be heavenly minded. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as a preacher, it's kind of, uh, it's an odd thing to think that mm-hmm. one day 
God's going to put me out of work. <laughs> and, and in the meantime, we, we're like, well, what about that? Uh, mm-hmm. What am I going to do if, if this guy's doing everything? Well, the answer is not much. You just point and say, hey, there's Jesus. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now, getting into the religious mentality again, let's, let's read. I'm going to read uh, 13 through 17. Okay. Uh, Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake, and a large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. And as he walked along, he saw a son of Levi of Alphaeus sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he said. And Levi got up and followed Jesus. And while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners, that's in quotation marks in my Bible, <laughs> were eating with him and the disciples. Uh, for there were too many to be, uh, there were many who followed him. And when the teachers of the law saw, uh, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with sinners and tax collectors? And on hearing this, Jesus said to him, It is not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. What's the the first thing that jumps into your mind there? It is amazing how quickly we can fall into a whole sense of position and placement and perspective and relate to people not who they are but what they are yeah and 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 that's exactly what's happening here if they would take away their titles yeah if you know he's listing a lot of titles and take away those titles who are they men women who were once boys and girls who grew to be men and women who are looking at boys and girls who are you know Mm -hmm. and and it just because we forget as we get wrapped up into the prestige or the, this is how this position is supposed to function, this is how I'm supposed to behave, this is what's been prescribed for me, we start looking outward for our direction instead of looking inward and upward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think one of the things that uh, that really strikes me here on this, there's <clears throat> a song I love called My Jesus. Have you ever heard Todd mm-hmm. Agnew sing My Jesus? I think of that over and over when I when I very hear this this section read out loud. Oh man, it just kills me because they said he says in that song, "My Jesus wouldn't be wanted in this church because he'd get blood and dirt on the carpet." <laughs> <laughs> and and I think to be fair, there's there's something absolutely about that where people are really concerned about the outer portions rather than the inner portions. And I think it's often. Um, in martial arts, because I'm, I'm a lifelong martial artist, we always have what we call black belt disease. <laughs> someone gets to a certain level and they totally have no patience with someone who just walked in the first day, first day to day, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think there's often that same mentality, that same black belt disease, if you will, if there's a Christian black belt. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, now on the council, so I'm a black belt. So they, they kind of miss that. where it, They forget where they came from. And it's easy for me knowing where I came from and the low levels that I had to achieve <laughs> before I could start going up. Yep. And it's, it's uh, I, I think, important that we actually recognize those moments. We're great at reading and trying to understand for what's here and now and great motivational stuff, but we forget contemplation and we forget to look in the mirror. And I think when we do that, we can have a moment where we will never look past those sinners and tax collectors. In fact, mm-hmm. later, Jesus has the famous line, 
that even the, the tax collectors and the prostitutes will get into heaven before you and your religious attitudes, right? <laughs> and, and he that's didn't a, win any brownie points that day. <laughs> did not win brownie points that day. But I mean, it, as it stands, when we, when we start looking at that, and I know we're often concerned about, hey, where am I going to fit in this? How do I say it, right? We know that, again, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. You know, he didn't come for all the people that have their life already straight, or at least look like it's straight because it's just deeper down is all, right? It's, it's a serious moment that I think takes a lot of reflection. And we don't spend a whole lot of time on this in the church. We really don't. And it comes down to that evangelism moment. If we're willing to go out and share the faith with someone who's homeless, and we want to give them a sandwich, but do we really want that person sitting next to us on Sunday? Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. We, we're concerned with what they're, well, what they're wearing, what they look like. Or do they have tattoos and long hair? Do they have uh, something that doesn't look like the rest of my church? And we need to be willing not only... And I heard rumors about that guy. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. we got to be willing not only to hand them a sandwich, tell them the gospel, but have them sit next to us mm-hmm. for an hour. Uh, could you actually, could you do me a favor and read uh, verse 18 through 22? One day, when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came and said to him, Why is it that John's disciples and the disciples of Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't? Jesus replied, well, surely the bridegroom's attendants would never think of fasting while the bridegroom's still with them. As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they could not think of fasting. But the time will come for the bridegroom to be taken away from them, and then on that day they will fast. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak. If he does, the patch pulls away from it, the new from the old, and tear gets worse. And nobody puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, the wine's lost, and the skins too. No, new wine, fresh skins. See, we have a lot of uh, a lot of language issues with this one. To be honest, you know, I, I'm I tend to be a guy where if I just wrote out exactly what I'd said, it'd look ridiculous because we use a lot of colloquialism, which is common local sayings, mm-hmm. right? Could you explain this one for us? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's an interesting one because. Uh, it, in order to really understand what this is about, you have to be someone who, or have some understanding of how the wine industry works. Right. And and it and it's it's really difficult, uh, particularly being a United Methodist, because uh, for those United Methodists don't drink, <laughs> uh, at least not where anybody can see them. <laughs> right. And, so, uh, and 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 it's very true. You don't put new wine into old wineskins mm-hmm. because they burst. You right. Know, because of all of the fermentation that takes place. Mm-hmm. And all the struggle, and they just can't handle it. And and once you understand that, once you make a mistake, you learn from the mistakes. Right. And as you make that mistake, you don't do it again. Right. And that's what he's talking about, at least in my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I look at it, and I'm I'm thinking, yeah, we're doing a new thing here, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the the biggest pieces that I see. They're worried about the ritual of fasting, and he's worried about the reason fasting mm-hmm. and there's there's a common difference and a common thing that we see uh, throughout the church are we looking at ritual relationship and which one has power uh, relationship is basically a, or uh, ritual is kind of a manipulation of symbols really and relationship is actually where the power truly comes from with God and each other mm-hmm. right uh, in fact if if you have good relationship with God you'll have it'll bleed over into your relationship with others and even to the world around you 
Uh, and I think there's a, a lot of power in what we talk about with this. So we're doing a brand new thing. We're looking at the ritual or the reason. So we have an, another new thing to think about in that. Now, the next section is the disciples picking wheat on the Sabbath. Again, we're into that same process. Uh, on verses 23 and going forward. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples walked along. And they began to pick some of the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing this, what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And he answered them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? And the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is only lawful for the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is the Lord of even the Sabbath, even of the Sabbath. So what does that what does that kind of run for you? What does that kind of um... <laughs> We've never done it that way before. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what, at least what comes to my mind. And, you know, the realization of as we continue on with anything that's happening in our lives, it is very easy as we go through life, in order for us to, to really function, we have to develop habits. Yeah. We have to develop routines. Right. But it's easy for us to forget as we go along, as we do it year after year after year, that... The routine doesn't own us. We own the routine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so if we own the routine, if we see it that way, then we can opt to say, I don't think I'll do it that way today. But uh, most of the time, we see it the other way. Now, there are two reasons for that. One, because we've always done it that way, that line. The other one is because that's easy. Mm. That's easy. Yeah. And you know, the, the easy is the challenge. Uh, we, we would, all of us as human beings want to do it the easy way. Right. But sometimes we run into circumstances where we can't do easy because be, we're, we're in a situation where there isn't something easy to do. Mm-hmm. We're in a situation where our routine has been upset. The way that we've done things has shifted. We find ourselves having to think how am I going to do something now because I'm in a situation I've never been in before? Mm-hmm. And at that moment, you have to think outside the box. Yeah. And that's what Jesus is saying. Don't get locked into the box. Right. You own the box. The box doesn't own you. You know, I think probably one of the worst things, like, you know, because we're, we're pastors, of course, we follow all the rules all the time. <laughs> we're so good about that. Well, of course. How'd you know? <laughs> one, of the, one of the hardest things for me um, in starting out, I, this is a second career for me, and so it's kind of late in life, but uh, the hardest thing was actually carving out a Sabbath for myself now that I'm in, in the pastorate. I'm, in fact, I remember there's a friend of mine who used to work at the Christian Family Bookstore, and there was one guy that would come in every Sunday and scream at everybody that was working on that Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> And my buddy was working one Sunday, and he said, well, did your pastor work today? <laughs> Go yell at him. Uh-huh. And there's something to that, but um, what, do you, what are your general thoughts on Sabbath? Sabbath, I always think what Jesus said, you know, uh, man was made for the Sabbath, not Sabbath for the man. Right. And the realization that 
it isn't a decision that somebody else outside makes for us. It's a decision we make for ourselves. Mm -hmm. When do we take the time to do what is going to feed us? Right. It isn't a matter of uh, following somebody else's routine. If we try to do that, what we're going to find ourselves doing is uh, wake up and realizing we're doing what everybody else wants us to do. Yeah. And that will destroy you. Yeah, and I think there's a lot to that because each person has a different kind of Sabbath in mind, mm -hmm. I think. I heard a, a prominent pastor say something just so profound. It just it knocked me, off, knocked me on my butt for a moment. It was a great moment. He said, you know what? If, you're, if your job is physical labor, if you're digging ditches all day, you know what? Your Sabbath might look like sitting with your feet up reading a book. Mm -hmm. If your job is sitting behind a desk typing you might need to go outside and take a jog. Mm -hmm. and, and I thought about that for long and hard because, you know, my job is inside and outside. I will help people shoveling. Don't take that as an advertisement, please. But uh, if big things need to be lifted, I will lift them. If there's typing that needs to be done and writing that needs to be done, I'll do that. So I've had a kind of fair work balance. But what I realized is I am such an extreme extrovert that I would spend all day every day with people if I could. But what I realized is during my Sabbath time, I get to carve out my particular time, first of all. And second of all, I have to excuse myself from the company of others. So now, as a pastor, as, as I get done at noon on Sunday, and my job being prayer, worship, study, writing, contemplation, all these things and more, I actually have to turn all that off. Mm -hmm. And I have to dumb it down and I have to hide from people from noon on Sunday till noon on Monday. Please do not call. Do not disturb unless there's a fire, a fire or a death. I will show up. But anything less than that, it, it, it really needs to be a me particular time, mm -hmm. whether it's hanging out with my old high school friends, going out for a jog or just ignoring phone calls. That's me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think I think that's important for us, and I think that's something that people really need to contemplate. How are you going to do that in your particular life? Um, I know that we talked about quite a few things here. We've got uh, how does Jesus deal with relationship versus religion? And I think that's that kind of thing that we're looking at right. as a consistency, consistency through this chapter. Well, I want to thank you for your time here today. Um, we're also going to record a second podcast. Remember to tune in to The Other Way, where we actually discuss some common topics that happen within the church, spirituality and religion, um, so we can actually have a basic discussion about that. But I wanted to thank you for your time and going through this Bible study with me, Chuck. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Make sure to attend your church. Uh, if you don't have a local church home, get a hold of us. Uh, we've got a place for you here. Keswick, Webster. <laughs> Keswick and Webster, you're on notice. We're, we're expecting you to show up in droves on Sunday. Uh, we, we promise we will not make it boring. We are going to make it exciting, worthwhile. Uh, God loves you first. We want to show that same love to you. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Make sure that you don't simply rely on us, but now that you've actually had a chance to look through it, read through it independently as well with your own Bible and your own time. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for tuning into The Way. Grace and peace. We'll talk to you soon.